0: In our final episode of the year, we're looking at how to improve the productivity of a team. and welcome to episode 258 of the working with podcast a podcast to answer all your questions about productivity time management self-development and goal planning my name is Carl Pauline and i'm your host for this show now over the last year or so i've received a number of questions related to helping a team improve their overall productivity Now, this is a difficult question to answer because each individual team member will be motivated by different things and each person will have a unique approach to getting their work done. Motivation is a key part to individual productivity If you're not motivated by your work and you see it only as a way to pay the bills, more fulfilling motives such as ownership of a project or task, developing your skills and helping people solve problems don't feature in an individual's mindset. That said, it is possible to build a highly productive team that has clear outcomes each day and week, and at the same time builds ownership, camaraderie and a strong team work ethic. And that is what we will be looking at today. So, with all that said, let me hand you over to the Mystery Podcast voice for this week's question. This week's question comes from Tony. Tony asks, Hi Carl, I manage a team of eight people. And we are responsible to sales and the initial after-sales program following delivery of our product. The problem I'm having is keeping my team focused on what we are trying to accomplish. They often get distracted by low-value tasks. That means we often fall behind on our plan. Do you have any advice on helping teams be more focused? Hi, Tony. Thank you for your question. Now, as I mentioned in the introduction, working with a team of people has its own challenges when it comes to productivity. But there are a few things you can do that will enhance your team's overall productivity. Now, the first is clear communication. Often what happens within a team is there is poor communication on the results that the team is expected to accomplish. At the beginning of a year or a quarter, team leaders are usually reluctant to talk about what the team's targets are. Managers are quite happy to discuss individual targets with employees, but rarely talk about the group target. The problem here is you encourage team members to focus on their individual targets and not the team's. What you want to be doing is ensuring that the team as a whole knows the target so they, that they can work together to achieve that team goal. Now, I remember when I was selling cars in the early 1990s, there were three of us in the new car sales team, plus a sales manager, Claire, Bob and myself. Claire was an outstanding salesperson. She was focused, aggressive in a positive way and could pull sales out of nowhere. Bob, on the other hand, was slower. He was patient and gentler, yet he had an enormous amount of experience and consistently brought in the sales. Me, I was somewhere in the middle. Each month, our team's target was to sell 35 cars. Now, traditionally, that number would be divided between the three of us equally. But while Claire rarely missed her target, Bob and myself struggled to hit the target. Our sales manager, David, realised that the important target was the 35 cars, not that his three salespeople sold 12 cars each per month. If we had focused on the individual numbers, Claire would have slowed down in the fourth week of the month, while Bob and I would be slow at the beginning of the month. On the whiteboard in David's office, there was only two numbers. The target... And the number of cars we had sold that month. This way we were encouraged to work as a team. It also meant that if Claire's more aggressive approach was not working with a particular customer, David would ask Bob or myself to step in and close the sale. Equally, if a slow burn approach appeared not to be working, we would ask Claire to step in and close the sale. We had a regular morning meeting at 8.30am and in that meeting we discussed what we had on as potential sales and we set objectives for the day. The communication was clear and we set about our day with clear objectives to accomplish. That team was the best team I ever worked in in terms of productivity. As far as I recall, we never missed our targets and we won a lot of awards for the best new car sales team within the group. The success of that team was down to simple communication and a shared objective. The next important factor for improving your team's productivity is to trust your team to get on and do their work. This is about allowing your individual team members to own the task or objective. If as a manager you are micromanaging your team and always monitoring what they are doing, you're destroying the team's trust. You, as a leader, need to trust your team to get on and do what they do best, their job. As a leader of a team, your job is to ensure your team is moving in the right direction and to remove any barriers your team may face in the execution of their work more on that later. What this means is once you have given your team members their instructions, so to speak, you need to leave them to get on and do it. Hence the importance of clear communication. If you're constantly calling, messaging and emailing them for updates, you're preventing them from doing their work. Your team need space to do their work. Now, in my experience, if a manager or team leader is always requesting updates, it's a sign they do not trust their team. This is not a productivity issue, but a recruiting one. It means you are recruiting, or you feel you're recruiting, so-called B players. That needs to stop. If you're employing the right people, the A players, or even A-plus players, you can then step back and let them do what they do best. Now, I know as a leader you need to report to your manager or leader, and that goes back to how you are communicating with your team. If you need to regularly report numbers to your manager, you should set up a simple reporting system that your team updates at the end of each day or week. That way you will have access to the numbers you need to report to your boss without interrupting your team. So make sure you have clear reporting processes put in place for your team. Do not overcomplicate this. Updating the reporting system should not take your team more than 10 minutes each day to do. Now back to your role as a barrier remover. The best managers I've ever worked with saw their job as helping me and my colleagues to do their job with as little friction as possible. If there were procedural problems within the company, my manager would step in and sort out these problems. If I ever had a difficult customer or student, my manager would step in and clear whatever problems I was having. I remember one occasion when we had a particularly difficult student in our language institute. She was never happy with the teacher she was given and would inevitably complain if the teacher diverged from the textbook. Whenever she turned up in one of the teacher's classes, they would freeze up and their classes became very boring, which meant they lost students. Our institute manager and I, as I was the native English teacher's manager at that time, sat down and worked out a strategy to help this student achieve what she wanted to achieve. We even had a meeting with her to explain our teaching philosophy. In the end, it was decided I would teach her next class, and before the class started, I sat down and explained my teaching methodology to her and got her to agree to following my method for a month. What we did was take a difficult student away from the other teachers so they could get on and do their job and allowed the most experienced teacher, at that time, me, to solve the problem. We did, and I got an invite to that student's wedding six months later. The one thing you do not want to be doing as a manager is imposing your productivity on your team. What works for you is not likely to work for them. Instead, you want to be focused on giving clear instructions to your team and letting them get on and do what they are best at doing. The final piece of this puzzle is how you communicate with your team. If you allow your team to communicate in any way they like, you're going to find you are swamped with emails, Teams or Slack messages and a backlog of phone calls. Set a standard. If you're not already using something like Microsoft Teams or Slack, then look at adding a channel like this as your team's communication channel. This allows you to centralise all messages and gives your team a resource for solving problems that individual team members have solved. It can become a team wiki page if you like. You also need to avoid placing response time expectations on your team too. If they feel they need to reply to your message within minutes of receiving them, they're not going to be productive. Your team needs space to do their work, not worrying about replying to your messages as soon as they come in. However, if you put in place a workable reporting system, you should not need to be asking your team for updates. That information will be available to you in the reporting system. One final part to this is the question about whether you need a task or project manager to manage the tasks within your team. Now, these can help if your team are working on joint projects. These can also help you as a manager to see what's happening, what still needs to be done and where there are holdups. I don't want to get into the pros and cons of various apps you can use here, but in my experience, working with Teams, the best apps for managing team-based work are apps like Trello, Microsoft Planner and Asana. Boards seem to work better than lists with Teams. The key to making task and project managers work is someone needs to have responsibility to ensure they are updated. If you, as the team leader, are the only one using this system, it's not going to work. You need commitment from your team and that means you will need to show the benefits to your team. I would suggest you set up a training morning or afternoon with your whole team to go through how to use the system. Allocate responsibility for making sure the system is up to date and clearly defining expectations. In my experience, if you commit to training your team correctly in using the task manager, you will get support. A lack of training and understanding of the benefits is usually the reason why these well-intentioned approaches fail to work. So there you go, Tony. I hope that has helped and thank you so much for your question. Thank you to you too for listening and let me wish you all a wonderful Christmas, if you celebrate Christmas, and a fantastic start to the new year. This podcast will be back on the 9th of January and so it just remains for me now to wish you all a very, very productive week.